My friend, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it said, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that the one who is angry with their brother or sister will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults their brother or sister will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all. Let your word be yes if yes, or no if no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. I want you to imagine the most beautiful painting that you have ever seen. It might be a famous painting, may not, but a painting that you, you look at and you say, that's magnificent. Now, if wisdom is about understanding the big picture, sometimes we live our lives as if our noses were only an inch away from the picture that we're trying to appreciate. Are you looking at the painting? Yes. Are you getting much out of it? Probably not, if it's right here. Unless you're checking for scratches or something else. Amen? Amen? 
I think you've had that experience. A scientist can tell you with pride that he's able to observe that portrait down to the smallest micron. Yet, how much insight does that give into the picture? The greatest insight is achieved by taking in as much of the picture as you possibly can and asking the artist what he is trying to express through it. God is the greatest artist and we are his greatest masterpieces. Take in the beauty of his work, each one of us. In today's first reading from Sirach, reminds us that our life from here to eternity is built on our choices, the decisions we make. The Lord God created us as free beings, yet with freedom comes responsibility. Amen? We always have to own what we have done and what we have failed to do, which is why we make the penitential act, the confidior, at the start of the celebration of the Eucharist. Sirach just doesn't just remind us today that we're free to choose. He encourages us to make the right choices. God's commandments reflect God's wisdom. And not only, and that not only makes them good choices, yet the best choices. Even if sometimes in the uncertainty of faith, we have to trust in God and making his decision, our making his choice, our choices. Now in the second reading from St. Paul, he reminds us that our choices should not be done just out of obligation, rather out of love. They have to be choices made from the heart. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to do, to look deeper, to go deeper. They come from the heart. And if they are not, they'll never achieve their full potential. The world has a wisdom to it, yet its surface has to be scratched to realize how superficial that wisdom can be. Sometimes scratching below the surface reveals wisdom to be folly. The best attitude of a wise,
person is to acknowledge how much they do not know. That makes a person always continue to seek wisdom. And wisdom is not just the accumulation of information. It is an insight into that bigger picture. God not only has the big picture, yet God also painted it and created it. And God unveils it little by little if we pay attention and seek to learn and to grow. Amen? Amen. Now, however, St. Paul gives us a shortcut to getting to the big picture. And that shortcut is love. We have been created by our God out of love. And all God wants in return is our love. Our love from our hearts, with all of our hearts, all of our minds, with all of our soul, all of our being. God wants it. Yet, love is incredible in that you can't make someone love you. Amen? Oh, I see you've had that experience too. It's the greatest and freest choice that any one of us can make. A hint of coercion is not love. You can't arm twist somebody. Nobody who has chosen not to love is ever truly happy. Now, when we turn our gaze and attention to Matthew's gospel, where Jesus is acting and really showing himself to be the new Moses and teaching up on the mountain the Sermon on the Mount. And he teaches us that all the commandments have a purpose and they reflect a wisdom. A wisdom that can shape our lives for the better if we choose to observe them from the heart. Now, in Jesus' discourse, he is also calling out those who observe the commandments superficially and without their whole heart. God doesn't do anything pointless. Everything is part of God's loving plan for us, each one of us. God hasn't come to simply discard the old covenant, the law and the prophets, as he refers, as never having any purpose at all, but rather he puts the old covenant's purpose into a context. In his own words, he did not come to abolish the law of the prophets, rather to fulfill them, to become the realization of them. 
So a common recurring defense today for a watered-down life ethic is, hey, you'll hear it said, you'll hear it say from anybody, hey, at least I haven't killed anybody. I hear that often. Oh, Father, I'm not so bad. At least I haven't killed anybody. Thank God. <laughs> Our Lord reminds us that not, that not killing anybody is good. Yet we have to go far beyond that. We need to go beyond what that means. We need to go beyond that because we don't want to be pharisaical. The Pharisees, everything was by the letter of the law. If you didn't do it, you were sinning. So what Jesus wants us to do is to be beyond that. When we say, hey, at least I don't hate anybody, we're getting closer to the mark. In a violent world, maybe, sometimes, we look the other way in the face of lack of kindness. Yet our Lord today reminds us to go the distance. Not only not, only not kill anybody, yet to actually be kind and merciful to everybody. When tempers flare and those rash, harsh words are said, the best thing to do, as our Lord teaches, is to try to make amends as soon as possible and simply apologize. I was wrong. I'm sorry. If we live a life of cruel and cold justice, focusing especially on the justice due to us, we, be, we will be in, a, in for a surprise when the eternal judge brings us to court by the same harsh standards to which we held others. In other words, be careful how we treat and judge others because that's the standard by which we may be judged. So we'll be in for a surprise when the eternal judge brings us to court by the same harsh standards that we hold others. As our Lord's Prayer reminds us and that we pray often, and maybe it's become so routine because we say it, but it's powerful. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Still yet, our Lord, he teaches us about chastity. Teaches us that chastity starts in the heart. The eyes are the windows to our soul, as we've heard. And if we start ogling 
and fantasizing, a radical response is needed if we are to preserve our chastity and keep our hearts and minds pure. Since no one can intervene regarding the hidden desires of the heart, except ourselves. Amen? Amen. Oh, a little quieter now. Now our Lord reminds us that making a promise or giving testimony is a very powerful thing. The promises we make give witness to who we are and the witness we give is a testimony. It's a testimony to how seriously we take our promises. And we've all experienced how unedifying it is when someone swears something to be true, promises to deliver on something, and then it is revealed to have lied or fails to deliver. And not just because of circumstances beyond their control. When something is as simple as yes or no, as our Lord teaches us today, there is no room for spin. There is no room for smart answers. There is no room for fine print or establishing little gray areas in our conscience instead of admitting we can or can't deliver on something or whether we know or don't know something. Our Lord gives us a laundry list of things the people of his day were using as collateral to show how serious they were. Now, about the oath they made, he also puts his finger on the problem that the collateral is not ours, nor is it under their control. It is not as common today, yet when someone swears on my life or on any other number of things or people, we are put on guard, exactly because they are swearing on something over which they have no control or ownership. And usually it's a way of convincing others of their sincerity. Amen? Amen? That's better. Now, how do we bring this, all of this, to an everyday, everyday level? Could our life's daily lifestyle be described as life-giving? Do we choose to help sustain and nurture life for ourselves and for others? Or do we choose to diminish or ignore the good of others? Do we try to make our world a better place? While Jesus sets a very high standard, Sirach, Sirach claims that we can keep the commandments if we really, truly want to. Both readings call us to evaluate our habitual ways of choosing. 
The Sermon on the Mount offers us high moral ideals, not a set of firm commandments. Jesus forbids not merely murder, yet also lesser forms of injuring others. The importance of forgiveness is so great that it comes before strictly religious duties. When Jesus says to us, go, leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled to your neighbor, to your brother or sister who has something against you. We need to respect not simply people's right to life, yet also their right to dignity and self-respect. So our choices shape us, yet often after making them, we don't take stock of whether they were good choices. Sometimes we only realize in retrospect what a good or bad choice we've made. So this week, I encourage you, take a moment in prayer to examine your life and how your life was shaped by a decision that you made or a decision you avoided. And don't just weigh its merits on your own. Examine it with and through the eyes of our Lord. We can't undo our choices, yet we can learn from them. Amen?